0: Today is Wednesday, January 15, 2020. You're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? What we have is a bunch of different charts and a lot of learning opportunities. We're going to look around the horn, and we're going to be able to pick apart, peel back the onion, and learn something from a variety of different charts in a variety of different markets. Right out of the chute, let's talk about the SPY or the S&P 500, where we are, what the story is, where we go from here. Well, net-net is nothing really has changed. We didn't close above yesterday's high. They made a new high today, but closed below yesterday's high. We're in an uptrend. Technically, there's nothing wrong with the market. You keep hearing that day after day because it's the truth. It is what it is. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. That's notwithstanding the fact that I'm looking for a top. These two things are mutually independent of one another. So for example, the market's in an uptrend. It can keep going higher. There's nothing wrong with the market. Has nothing to do with the fact that we're looking for a top. They can put in a top anytime, anywhere, in a variety of different methods or formations. Just to reiterate... What is my ideal time frame for this top? We started talking about it a few weeks ago. It happens to be the week of January 20th, which is next week. The market's closed January 20th for Martin Luther King Day. However, that's the week that I've identified as the most important and probable week for a turn in this market. Is that a guarantee it's going to happen? No, it's not. We're in the risk business. I'm in the analyzing business. What my work has come up with is next week, the market should form a top. And it could happen before, it could have happened last week, it could happen the following week after next week, but next week is the week I've identified, period, full stop. How about a short hop? Let's take a look over at the s and E-mini futures contract. Traders don't necessarily have to use this vehicle as a trading vehicle if they don't want to or they don't like to, or they don't want a futures account, don't have a futures account, whatever the case is, that's not the point. You can trade the SPY, you can trade options, you can trade any vehicle you want, some of those leveraged exchange-traded products, but there is a method to the madness, there is a reason why I utilize the ES contract for the majority of my work. A, it trades basically around the clock, so I get the benefit of seeing The aftermarket activity, which helps us certainly in the beginning of the day for the pre-market morning analysis, obviously for Inside the Numbers members. But there's something else I want to point out. Using the ES contract and the horizontal trend line that you see up there is 32.85. We've been zeroed in on 32.85 for several days, and the market has basically been pivoting around 32.85. When we find numbers that are important, we're able to exploit numbers that are important on both the north and the southern side. There's another thing that's important on this chart. The high of day today happens to be 32.99. Why is 32.99 important? Well, let's go down to a different chart, How about a pit session only 15-minute chart. So this chart shows activity that begins at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and runs through 4.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, here's the point. Here's an interesting little tidbit. We're looking at a 15-minute chart, and you see what happens with this run-up into the late-morning, midday portion of the session. So right here at noon, what was the high? 32 99 even, One point shy of a big fat round number of 3,300. Now, here's the deal. Under normal garden variety market conditions, they're not going to leave this number alone. They're going to hit it. They're going to spike through it. They're not going to just miss it turn around and go back in the other direction. So here's what we'll say. Look at it from this perspective. They've been up here for a while trying to get to the number. We've been talking about the number inside the numbers for several days We started talking about it about 30 points ago when they started getting close enough to talk about the big fat round number. They're too close not to hit it. Under normal garden variety conditions, they're going to hit it. What we're seeing right now is really a function of the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew, also known as Trick and Company, just playing games with the market. They'll do it in the middle of the night. They'll do it first thing in the morning. Whenever they're going to do it, they're going to do it. And now, because we've been up here going back and forth for a while, they're likely not going to just stop at the big fat round number. They're likely going to go through by 10 or 20 points or so. What's the other side of this? Remember, we're the umpire. We're calling balls and strikes. We have to look at both sides of the tape. What's the negative of this? The negative is if they miss by a point and don't hit it, And start trading away in the southern direction. For example, let's just say you wake up Thursday morning and we're surprised by a big gap down. And they never come close to 3300 for a while and they begin trading away. The way we're looking at this right now, because it was a near miss. And if they don't hit it, it's an omen in my mind from where I sit, for them to come up one point short and trade away in the other direction. So I would look at that as an omen. Here's a short hop. Let's look at something entirely different. We're just going to look at and view the market from this viewpoint. We have an hourly chart. We're in an uptrend, staying above the 20-period moving average with minor interruption of late. Okay, fair enough. State the obvious. Captain Obvious, what else you got? What else I have is the last breakup candle. Where's the low of the last breakup candle? How about 327.30? It's not only the low of the breakup candle, but it also happens to be, and this one can be within cents, within pennies, but it's the general idea, the general zone. It also happens to be the last breakout area. Now, they've come back to test it already, but here we go again. Another test of the last breakout area and the breakup candle low. Why am I calling this a breakout area? Well, look at this pivot high here. This pivot high happens to be from the 10th. Now, if the market went up to that spot and were rejected, it's not a big rejection, it's just a rejection. So the market runs up to a place, it gets rejected, and it goes back to that place, and it consolidates for a while, and it breaks above that place, comes back to that place goes up again, and comes back to that place, that place is a breakout area. But here's the thing. If you took the lazy e-mini trader course, you'll notice something else. It's not just a breakout area. It's not just a breakup candle low. Something else happened that in theory, now this all takes place at the end of the day. There's not a lot of traders that want to hop into a trade at the end of the day, But as trades go, as chart setups go, as learning goes, as stuff that's in the course goes, this one was, as they like to say, on time. And guess what? Time is more important than price. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because it's in the course and you either forgot, skipped that lesson, or haven't taken the course yet. But wait, there's more. What happens if we go down to a 10-minute chart? There's the same 327.30, and that same time component showed up again on a different chart. Funny how that works. Again, if you've taken the course, you zero in on exactly what I'm talking about. Not only did you have the location, you had the breakup candle low, you had a tail candle, you had a whole plethora of things. Now again, realize... Identifying it is one thing, trading it at 340, 345, 350 in the afternoon is something entirely different. That's not something I typically traffic in. But that's not the point now, is it? The point is, whether you look on the hourly chart or you look on a 10-minute chart and other ones in between, if you've taken the course, you can identify Every last morsel of everything that I'm talking about. How do you like them apples? By the way, did the 327.30, give or take cents on either side, coincide with an important price zone in the ES or the S&P E-mini futures market? Yes, it did. 32.85 was our pivot, so they spiked the pivot a little bit, right down to what? The breakup candle low. Before we wrap up the spiders and move on... I want to make mention of something that we don't talk about all the time, but we need to recognize and have in the back of our mind all the time, which is it's the market's job to trick, trap, fool and frustrate as many traders and investors as much of the time as possible. So if you're looking at a short term chart and the market's going in one direction, let's say it's going south, it's headed somewhere. The larger time frame, maybe a 120 minute chart or a 240 chart or a daily chart or even an hourly chart, may be telling a different story. It may be just running to a breakup candle low. And a short term chart, traders like to look at one minute charts, three minute charts, five minute charts. It looks like the market's crashing. If you zoom out a little bit. You have an understanding, or at least you can gain a better understanding of what the market's actually doing so you can put it all in perspective. That's what's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. And it's not that, but it's how do you do it? What are you looking for? What are the patterns on the chart that repeat over and over and over again? What are the ones where we can make money from over and over and over again? That's what's taught in the course at lazy e-mini trader what's going on over in camp iwm another higher high today same routine as the spiders we don't close at a new high we don't close above yesterday's high but they did make a new high there's nothing bearish on this chart however when you move over to a weekly chart you see it's obviously in an uptrend we've looked at this chart for a long long time We had the breakout above the channel. Remember this channel that we were looking at for quite some time? So the channel was like here, and then the other side of that. I used the wrong tool, but that's okay. The other side of that is somewhere like this. And this is a hypothesized channel. It's not point to point, but you get the point. It was a bullish pattern that essentially is breaking or has broken out to the upside. So there's your flag. There's the flagpole. There's the flag, and here we go again with a continuation move. But here's the point that I want to make. Let me get rid of these trend lines that I didn't want there in the first place. I used the wrong tool. I already told you that. How much farther is this market capable of going before running into the next significant area of overhead resistance? Well, we have another breakdown candle high, and then we have some former highs just above that. So it's either going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of a buck and a half or so, all the way up to potentially four and a half to five bucks before running into the next major area of overhead resistance. A little short hop real quick, we're gonna run through inside the numbers for the folks that wanna read. I'm gonna do it real quick so you can pause, start and stop the video at your leisure. Those of you that don't wanna see it, it'll be over shortly. We're always identifying the important numbers as early, as often as possible. The 32.85 is case in point. Now, this morning, I added something in between the point in which most traders have already seen the pre-market morning notes and the opening bell, so we put a 9.05 update on the board. Being the umpire, you never know. The market took an early drop, but once again, there was a kick save and a butte right out of the chute. That's another reason why you can tell they're intent on getting to the big fat round number of 3,300. We talked about the whole point away thing before. I'm just reiterating. And I know I said I was going to scroll up here pretty fast and then I forgot because I was talking and I can't talk and scroll at the same time. It's kind of like walking and chewing gum at the same time. Some of us can and some of us cannot. I'm one of those folks that cannot. And all I'm really doing now was eating time off the clock while I scrolled up for the folks that want to read. How about another teachable moment, another identifying something important moment? We're going to talk about the VIX real quick. And right now, this looks like a bearish pattern underneath all the moving averages. Why does it look like that? Because that's what it is. But we have a couple of other things that are worth pointing out. First, we have the higher low thing. We have a low. We have higher lows here and here. And then we have higher lows yet again have not breached on this run the former lows. Okay, fair enough. What else you got? Well, I got an hourly chart that looks like a couple of things, something similar to what we just discussed before, and you're going to see this repeat over and over and over again. It doesn't matter the time frame nor the symbol in the back of the chart. Here's what I'm talking about. Look at the breakup candle that occurred the other day. All the way back on Tuesday. Where's the breakup candle low? The breakup candle low is 12.05. Where did this run to early in the morning? The low was 11.95 and had a rally right back in the northern direction, keeping the breakup candle low intact. So what did they do? They ran a simple test. What did they do this afternoon in the Spiders? They ran a simple test. So on the hourly chart of the VIX, we have a bullish pattern. On the hourly chart of the SPY, we have a bullish pattern. That, in and of itself, is a divergence. One of these will clear up, and one of these will be wrong. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. What's doing down at the Transportation Department? There's a lot doing down at the Transportation Department. We got a couple of things working here on this chart. Again, pulling them right out of the course, lazy emini trader. We have a pseudo-doji candle. We spiked a high and closed below the former high. That's not necessarily bearish in and of itself. They can close right back above it tomorrow. But when you start to stack things up on top of one another, it helps to build a case. You have something else in terms of time. You also have something interesting, and this isn't something that I would generally discuss... On a frequent basis but i'll talk about it here you have 30 trading days since this low right here is that important yeah i think it's important i'm not going to go into the details why it's important but let's just agree if we can that 30 is a round number it's an important number and it can't go unnoticed it can't go unnoticed in conjunction with A tail candle, a pseudo-doji, a spike of a former high, coming into a time period where the market should be turning anyway. So therefore, can a trader be short against today's high in the transports, using, for example, the IYT as a proxy, which is the exchange-traded fund that tracks the transports? There's your IYT, there's your trend line. We were looking at this way back when. Here's the weekly chart. Here's the breakout. We back-tested a number of times. We all remember this. Look at this Is in an uptrend, above the moving averages, headed for a destination. What's interesting is we're on a weekly chart. We have a breakup candle high, and we're right there. Where are we going to close the week on Friday? Above or below the breakdown candle high. And I know I said breakup candle before, but I'm correcting the error. This is live television. It's not that easy. Back to the daily chart. There's your doji candle on the IYT. There's your high against that high. A trader can be short. Looking for a pullback at least toward the moving averages, anything more than that on a trade like this would be bonus, baby. By the way, here's a short hop, but I forgot to mention something before. Something was in my notes that I think is extremely important. It comes from a psychological perspective. Think about this afternoon. Think about the S&P 500 and other markets following suit headed downward. The last 15 minutes of the day, they get a rally spike higher, but... Think about it like this. Every opportunity in the last 15 minutes of the day for them to sell off any amount of points they wanted to into the close and then even beyond when you're talking about the futures contract. When you see that, I think of two things. They had an opportunity and they didn't. That means they have a different destination in mind in the northern direction. And the second thing is, all they were doing is running that test of the breakup candle low. So the question is, Does the market trade technical or does it trade on fundamentals? How do you analyze price movement with fundamentals? And the answer is, you can't. You can have a fundamental discussion over a long-term perspective about the health of a company. That's fine. The chart is still going to tell the tale along the way. The point is this. If they were just running a test of the breakup candle low then they have a different destination in mind. It's going to be above 3300 in the ES or the S&P 500, and that's just the way it works. How about the Qs? Anything wrong with this market? No. You have a doji candle. Do we need to make a federal case out of that just yet? Not so much. You're extended. It's overbought. You know I hate that term. It's in air quotes. The reason why I hate that term is because there's no measurement for overbought or oversold. They're claimed to be, but there really is no measurement. How do you know when it's over? You don't. We'll just move it along. We know the big picture. The bigger story is we're looking for a top. That's going to be across all the markets. I realize I'm going out on a limb. I keep saying it. The market keeps going higher or sideways. No sign of selling off whatsoever. But think about it for a second. We've been here before. I've done this many, many times before. Those of you that have been around a long time have seen this before. When it feels really, really wrong or it feels really, really right, it's generally the other case. Anything doing in the XLF? Same routine, as long as we remain above the breakup candle low... There's nothing wrong and you can see the 50 period moving average, which is the blue trend line, is sloping up and now coincides with the bottom of the breakup candle low. Here's the breakup candle low we're referring to. You have a long, bullish, flaggish pattern working in an uptrend. We know the most important number on the board from a monthly closing perspective, $30.98, net, net. No real change in the XLF today. How about the SMH, the semiconductor space? Any change here? Yeah, I would say there was a little bit of change. I think it's of note. The SMH was down about 1.5% today, and we had a market that was basically slightly up across the board. We know that the SMH tends to be a pretty good proxy for the tech sector in and of itself. So when we see stuff like this, it becomes a puzzle piece, It's on the table. As long as it's above all the moving averages, and it is, there's technically nothing wrong with the market. But we did have that doji yesterday with the tail candle. And here we are today with a down day. Didn't we just look at something similar in the IYT? We'll see what happens tomorrow and beyond in the transports. What's going on over in the gold market? Gold's bullish. It's in an uptrend. It's on a long-term breakout. We've talked about this a dozen times or more from a short-term perspective that's a pretty serious tail candle on volume that's a reversal candle this one from the eighth of this month so with a reversal candle and the market not having visited the at least 20 period moving average in quite some time we're going to say that the more likely cases before this market is ready to take off again to the upside I would suggest that it's probably due for some more pullback or southern action. There's a snapshot of the weekly candle from last week. Under normal garden variety market conditions, you're going to have a pullback for a while. doesn't have to be deep. They can run sideways to eat time off the clock. That's under normal garden variety market conditions. Now, they can retrace a portion of that tail candle. They can do that over the next week or so. They can do it this week. They can do it this week and next week. And then they can come back down. But if you see them trading above and begin closing daily above that high, above 1600, that's a telltale sign that the long-term picture really has a grip on the market. I'm not advocating shorting gold whatsoever at any point in time. What I am advocating is being selectively long gold from various prices when it makes sense. If any trader, and I know there were several, began buying gold some time ago when we began talking about a long-term breakout, they're fine, they're happy, and they're riding the wave. While we're on the topic of metals, we'll take a look at the Silver Weekly Continuous Chart. The reason being is, I think there's some interesting things going on in this chart. So last week we put in The same type of tail slash pseudo doji candle. We also have a contending breakdown candle high. So you can see what happened here. The market's not able to get up and go above that breakup candle high. You also have a secondary tail candle way back here. So the silver market has a lot to contend with in terms of overhead resistance. The daily chart of silver, you can see, has already come into two moving averages, the 20 and the 100 period moving average. And the reason I'm pointing that out is so we can distinguish between the two. They don't always, they meaning silver and gold, they don't always trade in tandem each and every day. Generally speaking, they're going to go in the same direction over longer periods of time. Day in, day out, they don't trade exactly the same and they certainly don't trade to the same magnitude. How about crude oil? What's going on in crude oil? Is it bullish, meaning into a former breakout area, about the 200 period moving average, tail candle, all that stuff? Or is this bearish? Do I see something else in crude oil? Well, that's a good question. Let's answer it in two ways. Short term, we can certainly get a bounce from current levels. However, where is the first place, and for that matter, the second place, Of overhead resistance. The first one is going to be about 59 and a quarter. So about a dollar or so higher than current price. The second one is going to come in not a lot higher. At about 59.60 or 60 and change we'll call it. 59.60 to 59.70. That'll be the 10 cent range. On a super spike 60 to 60 and a quarter. But that's it. Beyond that and something different is likely developing. This is what I'm really looking at the weekly chart that's a serious weekly reversal candle last week in crude oil you're breaking out to new highs you're above the former high you have a failure and you reverse the prior four weeks how's that bullish it's not now again we know what happens in these scenarios the market if we get any kind of a rally is going to want to climb up this breakdown candle it's going to want to climb halfway home maybe as high as it can But yet, we have to recognize that under normal garden variety market behavior, that's negative and lower prices would be the standard operating procedure going forward. And with that, folks, I'm going to give it a wrap here, pull the ripcord. But before I do, I want to thank each and every one of you and tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast, Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost.